It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Wall, measure. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two. Pierce all the way up the horn. It's going to be a can't find anybody. Gives it to Wall. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I am your host for tonight. I am Arthur Reynolds. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Wizards. Tonight, I have with me our co-host Ian Evans. You can find him on Twitter at the real Ian underscore E. What's going on, Ian? Hey, man, what's up? Thanks for I'm, I appreciate you knowing my Twitter handle. Yeah, no problem. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, the underscore is really throwing people off, but it's all good. I got to keep people on the edge of their seat, you know. Yeah, no, it's fine. It makes me memorable. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, to be completely honest, it's pretty dry here in Wizards Nation or whatever you want to call it, DC family. But we have had like some minor stories that have popped up and we're just going to talk about them. This episode is really just going to be like you're at the bar with some friends and you're just catching up on Wizards news because we honestly don't have too much to talk about. Some of the, the things we're going to talk about, though, uh, it was just published a little bit ago. TMZ quoted Otto Porter as referring to Dwight Howard as the missing piece and that he looks forward to playing with him. So I guess that brings to <laughs> mind, first of all, I didn't know Otto Porter spoke. Second of all, what do we think of Otto Porter saying that Dwight Howard is the missing piece? Ian, do you have any reactions to it? Does it matter if because it's Otto Porter? Like, what's going on? You know, Otto Porter does speak... I don't know if anyone's seen 
his hit music video. Hello. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so good. He's you know, is he Otto Porter or did Lionel Richie fall through a time loop? I don't know. You tell me. Um oh. I think that I think when it comes to the whole Dwight thing, of course, you know, it's too early to tell. Everyone's going to say, everyone, Dwight, Otto, John, everyone, they're going to say the right thing. Because they know. They're they're giving a quote to a reporter or a journalist or they're on camera. They're going to say the right thing almost every time right now because the games haven't started yet. Everyone's excited. They've got a future Hall of Famer, three-time defensive player of the year. And really when you, you know, it's it's tough to take any of the things that we're hearing from these guys right now and be like, Oh yeah, this is totally legitimate. But I do think that I think it's, I think right now because of last year is, and by the way, like really the wizards first down underperforming year in a long time, it's really easy to kick this team right now while they're down. And it's really popular when you look at a lot of journalists and a lot of other people who are also on podcasts, NBA-related podcasts, it's really easy to kick this team while they're down right now. But I I do feel like there's something to, you know, John Wall, you mentioned TMZ, and I'm reporting on Auto Reporter. TMZ is also the website that reported the rumors that Dwight Howard is watching John Wall play USA Men's Basketball. He's just hanging out. Right. And that... After that's done, him and John Wall are taking a plane together to Miami. They're going to hang out, and they're going to play some ball down there together and get to know each other and have fun. John Wall also recently said him and Dwight Howard have been friends since like his third or fourth season in the league. So far, a lot of this stuff, it, it feels... I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's the Wizards. Oh, they're disappointing. Oh, look, they signed Dwight Howard. And for a lot of journalists and people that are in the NBA media landscape, it's so easy. And right now it's really popular to make fun of this team. But a lot of it, you know, I I heard Andrew Sharp earlier this week mention a lot of people, and and I agree with him, are sleeping on this team right now, dude. Which is, I think is a really good thing because if we go into the season as – you know, they're, oh, they're going to make a f- the fifth seed. Like, they're barely going to make the playoffs. I feel like that just alleviates a bunch of pressure. It's so mandatory. Like, you're so right. And like, with yeah. this team, it has to be that way. They have to be an underdog. They have to be made fun of. They have to not be taken seriously. And when that with. happens, because it's ingrained into Bradley Beal's personality and John Wall's personality, and they play with a chip on their shoulder. And when that doesn't, when it's the opposite, when they're expected to be the Eastern Conference Finals slash, you know, people beginning of last season saying, I remember the Golden State Warriors and the Wizards were playing each other early in the year, and people on ESPN, I think it was Mike Wise maybe, were just going crazy. A Finals preview, and I'm like, can we chill out, please? Because it's not going to help this team. Yeah. They don't need more egos. They don't need more confidence. Was that the game where the Bradley Wizards Bradley went up and shoved Draymond like in the throat because okay. Draymond grabbed him from behind or whatever? Yeah, that that oh my god, that game was a little bit overhyped, like you just mentioned. I mean, Mike Wise was on SportsCenter going, 
this, I think, is actually an NBA Finals preview. I really believe that. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I'm just going to put it out there. Although I respect the hell out of Mike Wise, because obviously he's a big name in this market. I kind of don't like him when it comes to the Wizards. I don't know. I, I, just... I think... I think he used to be really objective and then John Wall kind of took the leap as like from like a fringe star to an actual star in the league. Right. And, uh, well, after that happened, Mike, I I love Mike wise because he's a super Homer. He's, he's the most Homer (laughs) reporter that I think I can ever remember even more than Michael Lee. Cause Michael Lee still vouches for the whiz, but not like Mike wise does. Definitely. I'm sitting there on Sports Center talking about the Warriors and the Wizards being in the finals against each other. Yeah, those are uh that was a good that was a fun game though cuz I think John Wall also hit like a three-pointer to go up by like I don't know 15 at halftime or something and yeah, just false illusions, false illusions everywhere. It was it was kind of we didn't know at the time but it was it would encapsulate what that entire season was. Yeah. Which was which was building really big leads against good teams, and then kind of losing, just like disappearing. You're up by 15, and you think the game's over, and they'd lose. And then, of course, you know the bad teams. That was in the same stretch where they they were up by 18 against the Warriors, and they lost a close game. Then they played the Lakers. I think it was after that game. It might have been right before. I think let, let's say it was after that game, and they were. That was when John Wall was supposed to torture Alonzo Ball. And they just didn't give a damn. They didn't even show up to that game. Lost to like a terrible Lakers team. So I don't know, man. It was early in the year was a really good indicator of how the season was going to go. And I know, but again, to bring it back to our current point, John Wall got hurt like eight games in the last season. He played through injury for like three weeks. And, and then, the game before he went down, I think, didn't he have like one of his strongest games? Yeah, he had a borderline triple double. That that it what that's insane to me. And then the fact that people can't acknowledge how great he is, it's just he is, ridiculous. I, I think to me. I think the disconnect with people who cover this team, and maybe maybe who aren't like fans necessarily, but just people who cover it, um. I think the disconnect comes with no one will sit here, no one will disagree that John Wall's a very good player. It's it's when the debate starts to happen where people start to ask themselves, well, is he elite? Like, is he special? Not just like at one thing. Like, is he special at facilitating? Yes. Anyone would tell you he's a great facilitator. And then, you know, analytics guys will bring up the well, the TOV, the turnover variance, kind of, I don't know, is he top five at facilitating in a playmaker? Maybe, but I'd have to look at the turnovers versus, you know, you can get into a whole ordeal with that. Right. But as a player, I think the question becomes, is he elite? And I think, I think he is. Of course, I'm very biased. I've watched this team my whole life. I've been a fan my whole life. But... I think no matter what, you can kind of group John Wall with that type of player, no, no matter what, that's like universally praised and accepted as being, oh yeah, dude, he's really good. He's a really good NBA player. Damn good. Like fringe, elite, like the, those players that are kind of on the bubble of being elite, but they're, they're maybe they'll never get there. 
unless they have that one special season. And I think that's where he is universally right now. And it has a lot to do with last year. Like that last year, really, really. It kind of is going to define him until he proves otherwise. Because now people can go and say, okay, he was hurt again. He's had like a lot of injury problems in the past, and they're not wrong. He has. Um, he's not getting any younger. How is he going to cope going forward as he ages and loses a little bit of athleticism? He's 28, I believe. Is he 27 or 28, Arthur? He's going to turn 28, I believe. Yeah, so, you know, he's not getting any younger. He's my age. I think that the next season, specifically, of course, with this team and the expectations with the depth that's been added, the good young talent that's been added, and then an upgrade. No matter what anyone wants to say about Dwight Howard, it's an upgrade, a massive upgrade on the basketball court. He is so much better than Marcin Gortat at everything that you would normally use Gortat for. But He's but better. but screens. He is fine at setting screens. <laughs> He's a fine screen setter. He's better in the pick and roll, even though he doesn't he doesn't do it enough. But since he's been in the league, one of the most elite players of all time in the pick and roll, literally, like statistically from an analytics standpoint, there is a handful of players that have ever been as good as Dwight Howard has been in the pick and roll to ever play in the NBA. The complaint against him is that he doesn't do it enough. He doesn't like to, to play that way. He wants to post up. We'll see what happens here in D.C. We'll see what happens with John Wall. We'll see what happens. The two-man game with Bradley Beal is enticing. I think that's exciting. You know, can he can he get out and run? Things like that. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Wizards. And the ceiling for this team, when you look at who's on the roster and who's going to be in the starting lineup and who's going to be on the depth chart, the ceiling's way, way higher than people are giving credit for. When you look at the when you look at the Eastern Conference, outside of Toronto, now that they have Kawhi Leonard, and Boston because they're getting healthy. I I know people are high on Philly. It's just they're so young, and they have no shooters right now, and it doesn't seem like they're adding any. Um, but let's go ahead and throw them in there too. So Philly, Boston, Toronto. Who outside of those teams is anyone is anyone really impressed with with Indiana? I don't know. I'm not really buying. They overperformed last year. They don't have a lot of talent and they don't have a lot of depth. Tyreek Evans isn't depth. He's a good backup point guard, but that team doesn't have depth. Right. I just so, think they're yeah. they're a pretty like decently built team with like shooters and a big man, athletic big men. But yeah, I mean I I completely agree. I I am going to go out on a limb and say that, oh, God, I'm, we're going to play this back, like, November 1st, and I'm going to sound like an idiot, but... What were we thinking? I I <laughs> am honestly extremely excited for this upcoming season, and if these three things happen, I think everything is going to work out. Now, obviously, one of the three is health because i mean if john wall is not healthy if 
Otto Porter breaks down, if Bradley Beal, who has honestly been pretty healthy the last couple seasons, finally has, you know, kind of like an unhealthy year, like he's kind of due for one, that can derail things pretty quickly. I think we can survive one of those players going down, but if two go down, then that gets a little bit complicated. Um, Obviously, I would rank... um, Otto Porter as someone that we can easily replace, you know, with Kelly Oubre or even Austin Rivers, uh, Troy Brown, if he's up to par. Jeff yeah, Green. for like a limited a number amount of time. Right. Yeah. But then Bradley Beal, it's kind of like, eh, like you can throw Otto or Austin Rivers in there. You can throw, uh, I don't know, maybe even Thomas Sadoransky in there. But once you start losing John Wall, and you have to start Austin Rivers, and that kind of exposes his deficiencies. Or you start, you know, Thomas Adaransky, who would obviously like excel. I feel like, but there's depth on this team, so health really isn't my number one thing that is going to be like kind of a a determination of, of the successful season that we could have. I just think number two would be, you know, chemistry. Because, as you've mentioned, John and Dwight Howard hanging out, like, that that's pretty... Again, like, there's very little things at the Wizards right now that they're doing wrong. Like, John and Dwight hanging out, that's building chemistry. That's building... They're getting to know each other's personalities. So, it's kind of like when a quarterback works out with the receivers in the offseason. Like, it, they're getting a rhythm down, like, where they want the ball like how how they want to signal to each other and all that stuff. And then my number one thing that determines the success of this season I think is just the growth of their of the players. Like does John Wall have an MVP level? Does Bradley Beal finally shoot like close to 40% from 3? Does Otto Porter develop some game that can be, you know, a force to be reckoned with? And then does Coach Brooks finally adapt to no more ISO ball? I think those three things are pretty manageable expectations. Like, you can't expect Kelly Oubre to come back improved. You can't expect John Wall to come back at least healthy to start a season. And then you can't expect, hopefully, Bradley Beal, although he just had his his child. And, I mean, I don't know anything about having a kid, but... I'm currently dealing with my nephew and that's a lot of work. So I don't know like how much that is taken away from yeah, Bradley's. I mean, you know, a lot of people season. have a, have a child and then they start to play with a purpose though. So it right. really depends on who exactly. you are. So. so that, that's what, there's so many things that are lining up that I feel like people should be excited for, but instead it's like, Oh, John Wall is going to regress because he's getting older or Dwight Howard is a locker room cancer and Otto Porter can't stay healthy. It It's like, let's, let's just roll with it. You know, I, I heard someone on 106.7 The Fan that wanted to give credit to Ernie Grunfeld's offseason. And although it sucks to say, he does deserve credit for what ended up happening. But it's sort of like, if you fail the sixth grade and then you fail it again and then you fail it again and then you fail it again and then after 10 tries of going through sixth grade, you finally graduate to seventh grade. 
So it's not like we're not forgetting what it took to get here because it's been at least 10 years of mishandling. And that that's not even halfway, you know, to his damage. But there's a lot to be excited about. And I think if people let go of the past and maybe keep it in their back of their mind so if things don't work out, you can point to, oh, Dwight's had a tough past and Ernie Grumfeld's still in charge and Ted Leonsis doesn't care about the Wizards then you can start bringing it up. But I am really excited going into this season, and I, I honestly can't wait for it to start. So there's a lot of there's a lot of dynamics at play going into this season for the Wizards. I mean, there are for a lot of teams, but really specifically for this Wizards team, more than ever in the John Wall, Bradley Beal era, you have... And I and, and there's a there's a ton of dynamics at play. I think right now the easy thing to do is make fun of the team. They had some they had some locker room quote unquote issues last year. I really do think Marcin Gortat had a lot to do with that. But with that being said, you can't you can't just ignore it. It is what it was what it was in the eyes of the public. And that's had an effect on how people view this team now and how people view this locker room. And they think that it's a problem. They think that John Wall's not a very good leader. They think Bradley Beal's not a very good leader. And then some of the other things you mentioned, right? Like adding Dwight Howard after having now worked out, it's easy. It's an easy target to joke about, especially after his press conference, which was good, but he made the joke that a lot of people cringed about. Um, including yourself, <laughs> including myself, even though the rest of the press are, I was actually impressed with. Um, I think when you look at all of the things that could fall into place perfectly this year, and you look at how everything could kind of be the right timing, you mentioned Ernie, you know, having a good off season finally for the first time in a long time. You you don't have to give him credit. I think that it's just him doing what he's always been best at, and that's cleaning up his own mess. But with that being said, you have a superstar-level talent, maybe not a player, depending on who you ask, but the potential is certainly there in John Wall. Um, I think at this point he is what he is. I think it's always going to be health that either holds him back or lets him have like a potential MVP-type season. He's coming off a down season last year where he played really well in the playoffs, but it wasn't enough because the team wasn't very deep and he came back last minute. Um, Bradley Beal had a child. It's going to be the first season he ever plays as a father. That can give you a lot of perspective. It can change a lot of the way that you view view the world and view your career and what are you doing and all this for. It can give people a purpose. You mentioned Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is going into his first ever contract year, ever. He wants to get paid a ton of money. He sees what people are making around the league. He, he, even like two seasons ago, he remembers that Kent Bazemore got paid. Kelly Oubre has been a better player than Kent Bazemore for like two years already. He wants to get paid. He's, he's busting his ass right now with Drew Hanlon. You mentioned Austin Rivers. He's young. He's he's gotten better every single year. He's not going to be playing heavy minutes. He's going to be in a backup role. 
he's a complimentary player and a complimentary piece on this team for the second unit. And then you mention Otto, and Otto's got a ton of very public question marks that are kind of hanging over him after his contract and after another year where his hip has kind of bothered him. And then, of course, you have Dwight. Dwight Howard's not stupid. No one would say Dwight Howard's stupid. No one would say Dwight Howard's a bad person. It's that he's in the locker room in the past, you know, five teams. He's not been serious enough. He's too goofy. He he gets on people's nerves. He's misunderstood. Um, and a lot of players in the NBA in the locker room have said he's annoying. He's not an evil, egregious, he's not a cancer in the locker room. He just, he doesn't really get along with everyone all the time. He's friends with John Wall. He has been for a long time. Otto Porter and him have talked on the phone. Otto Porter thinks he's the missing piece. Dwight Howard is coming to a team for the first time in his entire career where there's no question if he's going to be the one option or the two option. He's not thinking about that. No one's thinking about no one's thinking about that. It's very clear what the pecking order is. This team has a lot to prove this year, and each player at almost every position on the team has a ton to prove. There's a chip on almost everyone's shoulder. It's a it's a crossroads for almost everyone. For John Wall for Dwight Howard, for Otto Porter, for Kelly Oubre, and for and, if, and for Dwight Howard. So you kind of look at what could happen this year. It could be the perfect storm. Everything could fall into place. The team clicks. Everyone gets along. Everyone stays healthy. That's a lot of ifs, but that's how it is every NBA season. This team, I think, and we can look back on this and we can replay this episode halfway through the season, I think this team has a really, really high ceiling, and I think they're going to be really, really good. I mean, yeah. I I feel like we've said that already, and I'm starting to believe it. I'm starting to buy into it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Drink the Kool-Aid! Get on the bandwagon, get, Arthur. Get on the bandwagon, and if it falls flat on its face, this might be the end of this basketball team, like, as assembled. Like, you don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline if we're, like, 10, 15 games under 500 or something ridiculous. But I I honestly don't see that happening. No, because there's too much talent. There's too much talent, man. Exactly. There's too much talent, and also... I know Dwight has said it a million times in different press conferences, but the responses to him not him assuming the role that we need, if that if that means not playing fourth quarters, if that means pl- playing pick and roll and going to the basket for dunks, that is a, an extreme positive to me. John and Dwight hanging out in Miami—that's also another positive because John is assuming a leadership role taking on the most challenging personality that Wall has probably had to deal with post, you know, JaVale McGee, Nick Young era. But as a leader, John Wall, this is his first real, like, homework. It's like, 
get Dwight Howard to buy into the system, to buy into the team, and who knows what can happen. You can be in the Eastern Conference Finals. You can be in the NBA Finals. So I'm hoping all those are are signs, are good signs of things to come. But as I've mentioned before, these are just baby steps to building this foundation to hopefully what ends up being a successful season. So I think that's going to be it for tonight's episode. This is basically just a casual talk. Again, there's really not much going on with the Wizards right now. Um, I'm going to be working on some podcasts with some guests from Locked On Clippers, Locked On Hornets, Locked On Cavs to break down Dwight Howard, Austin Rivers, and Jeff Green from a perspective of someone that's seen them play for a few years or like multiple years and get their insight and their expectations so that we can kind of tame ours and at the same time elevate those that think that this is a project that's set to fail. But as we sign off, I am your host. I am Arthur Reynolds. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. Make sure to follow us at Locked On Wizards and make sure to follow the real Ian underscore E on Twitter as I nail his Twitter handle. And thank you very much for listening and catch us the rest of this week. We're going to do some player previews. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.